Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Embrace the Suck podcast, sourced through the awesome website podbean.com. My name is Crystal Gregg. I am an army spouse, a stay-at-home mom of an adorable little nugget who turns two in April, uh, and I am super excited to be bringing you this podcast, which uh, has been rattling around in my brain for at least a year now. As this is my very first episode, I do not yet have sponsors. If you are a business or you would like to advertise with me, please feel free to email me at embracethesuckpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what I can do for you and let's see if we can work together. So since there are no advertisers, let's jump right in. Embrace the Suck is my favorite military idiom. I feel it genuinely and humorously addresses the fact that there are a lot of things about military life from the soldier perspective, from the family perspective, which totally suck. Long hours, deployments, paperwork, health insurance, rescheduling of every plan you try to make. And as we tackle those things head on, we embrace them for all that they're worth and accept fully the good and bad. The best part about recognizing the suck, I think, is that it makes me feel so validated when I'm frustrated and vulnerable and angry and irritated because, yeah, it sucks and we're embracing it anyway and we keep marching. I'm a pretty freeform person in most areas of my life and because of that, I didn't want to bury myself in creating any kind of super formal structure to this podcast or a perfectly clean editing process. Um, That is partly because I'm not that great at editing yet. I did want just enough direction to keep heading toward my goal of making this a place for honest discussion, for retaining information, and hopefully for establishing a village of like-minded individuals. I am planning to do at least one interview per podcast if I can. And other than that, there are zero prerequisites. Uh, You don't need to be affiliated with any military service to listen. You don't need to be affiliated in order to participate in the conversation with me. I think it would be amazing to hear from everybody, from citizens of the United States, from citizens around the world, about how the military looks to you, as well as talking to individuals and families related to military service. Since my husband is Army, I will definitely be approaching most things from the Army perspective because that's the perspective I have, but I would encourage you to reach out if you're serving or have a relationship with a service member of any different branch because I'd love to hear the idiosyncrasies of your very own experiences. In each episode, we will try to embrace a certain aspect of the suck, and like I said, I want to try to incorporate an interview with people who serve to enhance the conversation and allow for new opinions, different opinions, points of view, and perspective. I am really grateful in this first episode to be able to introduce one of the most amazing people in my village, my mother-in-law, Susan Gregg. When my husband, at the time of only 10 days before he shipped off to basic training, Um, left, I lived with Susan and her husband David in Oregon in their finished basement for that first 
uh, six months or so. Susan and I have gone on many an adventure, and the one we're going to focus on today involves some pretty crazy mishaps along the route of attending our soldiers' graduation from BCT. That is the acronym for Basic Combat Training. I had always thought that it was just BT, Basic Training, but they throw that C in there. So BCT, Basic Combat Training. And uh, without further ado, let us uh, get to that interview. Hi, Susan. Welcome to Embrace the Suck. Uh, thank you so much for being my first guest on the podcast. I am really happy to have you here. And I would like to have you introduce yourself by telling us where you are from, where you live now, and your relationship to the military family. Well, hi, Crystal. <laughs> my name is Susan Gray, and I am uh, Crystal's mother-in-law. Uh, she is married to my son, who is in the Army. Um, we kind of come from a military family, a little bit of everything. My dad was in the Army in World War II. He was one of the prison camp liberators, which was kind of cool stories. So awesome. And my husband was a Marine, and his father also was a Marine. He was a Wake Island defender. So I'm sure Raymond always wanted to go into the service just because his grandparents and his dad were very military. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, it's really cool that that David even has some um, books and and things talking about Wake Island and you know that that it actually like exists in historical text. Yes, and his dad's name is in the book, which is even more exciting. So cool. <laughs> Um, okay, so our our military story together uh, kind of starts um, about 10 days before my husband left for basic training, um, which is when we decided to get married, and my wonderful mother-in-law bought me a bright orange and white polka-dotted dress uh, because she wanted me to look fancy, and we went down and had the recruiter marry us because he was ordained. And uh, so I was just another piece of the paperwork, and I was thus um, officially issued to my husband by the Army. Um, and then he he left um, and went to basic training in South Carolina at Fort Jackson and was there for uh, what felt like a lifetime to, I think, everybody, because when we saw him again, he had completely changed. So um, let's talk a little bit about you and I and what our situation was, um, both saying goodbye to him and how you felt uh, about him first getting in when he when he finally did it, because he wasn't, you know, 18 going straight off to basic training. It was kind of a an eventuality thing for him. Right. Because he wanted to go when he was 18, and we pretty much talked him out of it at that point. We wanted him to go to college. So when he did decide to go back in, he was older, and it, it really wasn't as difficult. And I really didn't think I would miss him as much as I totally did. It, it, was, <laughs> it was much more difficult than I thought that to have him gone, and you worry about him. I don't care if they're in basic training or stateside, or they don't have to be deployed for you to worry about them. For sure, for sure. Um, and and one of the things that happens at basic training that's a little bit different from other things is that there was absolutely no uh, phone or social media or anything kind of access to them um, other than letters. And when my husband, who thought he knew everything, um, was leaving, still does, still does. <laughs> um, 
he told me that he thought that it would be a distraction if I wrote letters to him at basic and so that I should not do that so that he would be able to fully focus on the mission and whatever the um, drill instructors told him was the mission. So I dutifully did not write letters to him uh, for the first almost three weeks um, of basic training. And uh, then all of a sudden, um, we started getting letters from him, which is something I never thought was going to happen. Did you think that he was going to send letters? Oh, no, I don't think I've ever seen him. I think the most he's ever written me is a two-sentence note. Yeah, and these, these were pages and pages and pages of of really nicely printed um writing handwritten letters um that I never never in a million years thought we were going to get um and they were stories of uh exhaustion and frustration and illness and um what seemed to be a recurring theme was how every letter we started getting was hey, every time they do mail call, it starts to be a little more painful every time I don't hear my name called. So maybe you guys could write me a couple letters. And then it got a little more desperate and a little more, wow, I really miss you guys. It's really hard here. It's really lonely here. And I think at that point, it kind of felt like his wall had broken a little bit and he had, he had tried so hard to be this hard ass soldier. Um, but basic training is supposed to break you in some ways. And I did not expect it to break him in that way. Um, I'm, I know he did not think he would miss either one of us. Oh that man. Much. Yeah, no, but especially it, because he <laughs> thought he would be busy and busy means you don't necessarily have time to miss someone. Um, but uh, as busy as they were and as tired as they were, he still definitely managed to, to miss the best women in his life. So, um, <laughs> so I, um, as a compassionate, empathetic human being, lost my ever-living mind and in the middle of my kitchen right in the middle of the kitchen floor I sobbed and I grabbed my mother-in-law's adorable legs and squeezed them and went why why haven't I written him letters I'm a horrible person and she said no you're not we will go, we will go right now, and we will both go write him letters. And so we traveled to separate areas of the house, and we both got on our computers, and we wrote novels to him um, <laughs> about all of the boring, stupid, mundane things that had been going on with us. And then a wonderful correspondence started where my incredibly sleep-deprived soldier um, would write us letters, and we would laugh hysterically at the stories and the um, obvious sleep deprivation that was happening as he would skip lines and repeat himself and stop in the middle of a word and um, just all those things that showed us uh, that things were a little bit rough for him there. Um, and then we would tell him about work and boring stuff that was going boring. on with us. So what we felt was boring, but I think it, it actually made him feel connected. Um, do you have a favorite anything from those letters that you remember or any any aspect of them that made you happy? Oh, I just liked the stories because some of the stories he told were hilarious. There was <laughs> the one that always makes me laugh. is he, There was a D.I. that he was just in awe of. 
um, I forget what the guy's name was. What was his name? Yeah, well, he called him Superman. <laughs> Superman. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't know his name. They called him Superman, and he was just, uh, he was in awe of him. And, mm-hmm. and the stories he wrote about him, like he would follow behind them as they were running on a on a lawnmower or something <laughs> and would say, I'm coming to get you. And, and it was it was fun to see that he was growing up. He, uh, even though he was older, he really matured at basic training. I, I think so too. I think, I think that did so much for him. Right. Um, and it was nice to have him appreciate both of us after it basic really training. Was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? It really was. And uh, so one of, one of the, the most fun pieces of our adventure um, was <laughs> trying to get to basic training's graduation. Um, yes. It was a very simple plan of buying tickets from the Portland International Airport in Oregon and traveling with a layover in New Jersey and then flying down and and landing in uh, South Carolina with more than a day um, to hang out at the hotel and swim in the pool and and be all rested and refreshed to see our soldier for the first time. Um, unfortunately, the best laid plans <laughs> do not always uh, end up the way we think they will. So um, we had we had gone to the airport in Portland. That happened. And we were dropped off um, by my father-in-law, who was, was very sweet and, and I think very lost in the world at the idea that his wife wouldn't be with him for several days. Um in fact, I don't. I wasn't even thinking about him at the time, but I don't know how he survived. I don't know what he ate. Um, Probably Chucky Fried Chicken. That's his go-to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, and we we had a lot of fun at the airport and and got on that flight and and went all the way to New Jersey. Um, no problems. Landed perfect. Awesome. Um, and then uh, I, I'll let you take over for a little bit. Well, because I pulled out my scrapbook just because I couldn't remember exactly. She is but. such a talented <laughs> scrapbook artist. I don't, I don't think that it gets enough credit as an art form, but it's, it's hers are pretty magical. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, we we got there and it was great and it was wonderful and we were looking forward to two days, just kind of chilling together and having a good time and getting, you know, even getting to know each other a little bit better. And yes, um, and the flight got delayed. Okay, fine, no sweat. We'll still get there in time for dinner. And, and then it got delayed again. And then it was about 8.30 at night. It got canceled. So here we are sitting in Newark. <laughs> Beautiful and city. Beautiful city. canceled because of storms. And they said, well, don't worry, because you can fly out tomorrow night at 6 p.m. So we would have been <laughs> sitting in the Newark airport, which is not as nice as the Portland airport. It's really not. Uh, for an entire 24 hours, and we both went, no, I don't think we're going to do that. So we went and we rented a car. <laughs> well, yeah. first we tried to, oh, we spent hours on the phone so trying long to on the phone. find an alternative. So we finally just said, you know what, let's just drive. How hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they sent our luggage also somewhere. Where did they end up sending it? To Washington? Um, yeah, instead? eventually we found out that it was at the D.C. Yeah. airport. Right. That it would eventually. Why they it to Washington? Who knows? So we had no luggage. So we rented a car in our Oregon really warm clothes. Really warm. 
And we were stupid. It did not pack any spare clothes in our online baggage. We did that. that was, I'm never doing that again. And then so we rented a car and we started driving in through the thunderstorm. The worst thunderstorm I've ever but driven through. Crystal drove. She's she's my goddess of driving. I don't know how she did it. It was, it was at a Delaware bridge or something, and I'm sure we were going to die. Yeah. Yeah, we had a come-to-Jesus moment on a bridge, yeah. for sure. That was a very, very uh, frozen-in-time bonding moment for me. When I, when I think about that trip, I, I remember that bridge, because it wasn't until we were halfway across the bridge that we realized there was a bridge. Right. Because you couldn't and see. <laughs> couldn't see five feet in front of you. It was, it was terrifying. It was um, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, a little over 13 hours of driving, um, and we we successfully passed through six states um, before we got to South Carolina, and and well, six including South Carolina, and we yeah. checked into our hotel, and I think we both just kind of passed out. Oh no, we went out and tried to find something that wasn't fried. Oh, that's right. Fried because we had no food. food We were so hungry. I forgot. We packed ourselves bagels for the airplane, so all we ate for two days was bagels. (laughs) And I don't think I've had one since. Oh, I haven't either. I don't. I don't even like bagels. Don't even want one anymore. (laughs) But Um, yes, so we went out, but we were still in our same clothing. Yes. That we were in two days ago. And this is South Carolina, not Portland. Um, so hot. It was like 95 degrees with 90% humidity. And we're wearing long pants, long sleeves, and and gross as it is, the same underwear. And the same <laughs> socks, man. Same socks. That just, just wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. But we we I have needed showers. Say, I have to say... We had the best time. <laughs> it, yeah. it was it was a wonderful moment for me to realize how much I enjoyed being with Crystal and how well we traveled together. And it was, I don't know if I would do it different. I think it was a great <laughs> way for us to get to know each other even better, especially through adversity like that. Um, and basically, we were both after the same goal. We both just wanted to see Raymond. We did. Yeah, no, really wanted want. to see him. Right. So we uh, eventually um, were, were contacted by the airline that we could go and pick up our luggage um, that had finally been rerouted. So we drove back to the airport um, to get um, our suitcases, and I literally teared up and hugged my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> she did. It was a little embarrassing. I had packed. I had packed like the perfect outfit for anyone who has seen their husband after a long break in the military or anywhere else. You know that you you pick out the outfit and you have the outfit. And I thought I was going to have to either wear two day old socks to go see my husband um, for the first time since basic training, or I was going to have to go and buy an outfit that either was yeah. going to be money I didn't have to spend or. Um, not look good. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at the oh. pictures, and the outfit she had that she wore is a shirt that has a slinky on it. It's yes, a t-shirt that says slinky. Yeah, yeah, it's bright red. How you want to meet your husband after Yeah, it was. It's very comfortable. I still have that t-shirt. <laughs> very comfortable. Yeah, but not attractive. <laughs> so we we got uh, we left 
super early in the morning, way earlier than we needed to, to get, we we were a little anxious to get to the army base, to get to Fort Jackson, to, to be where we knew he was, um, even though we didn't know where he was exactly. Um, and I remember feeling a sense of, um, humility and kind of, I don't know exactly what the right word is, but when we when we actually came up to the gate and we had to show our IDs and I had my military ID and you had to give your driver's license and I was so intimidated by the MPs. Um, for anybody who doesn't know that acronym, that's military police. And, um, you know, you have to check in at the gate. You can see that they're armed. There's, you know, a canine unit 20 feet away. And you you pull up going, uh we're here for the graduation thing. Please don't shoot me. And, you know, I was, I was so afraid that maybe we, we came from Portland. Maybe my car smelled like pot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe they're going to see something inside Honestly, me and not let me go. <laughs> Neither of us smoke, but you know, um, so, uh, so what was your, your feeling when we first got on post? I was just, really ready to see him. I mean, I've always, I've been on a few posts with my husband and his dad. They took, you know, they've taken me to all the different posts around the Pacific Northwest. So it, it didn't scare me so much as the MPs, but it was more of just the sense of anticipation. For sure. Um, anyone who has gone to a graduation at Fort Jackson will know that as soon as they saw our faces and went, oh, they're those people, they're here for the graduation, um, they just point down the road and say, follow the yellow line, ladies. Um, <laughs> and I was, It was still dark out when we got there. Yeah, it was... It, uh, we, we were so early. We were almost six hours early for the graduation. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, and it was I... Like, the third car in the parking lot. <laughs> I've never been so acutely aware of the speed limit in my life. Um, yeah, I, I was so I was so aware, and I was so worried about following the line that I occasionally would start to like uh, have the line in the middle of the car, which meant I was driving in the middle of the road, um, and but still paying attention to the speed limit. And we eventually got to the parking lot. And I remember the first thing that I noticed was that there were a bunch of soldiers already there. Um, and I was like, oh, let's go find Ray. Because obviously there's only like 10 soldiers because, you know, how many could there be? And, and he must be here. Um, and then I was sorely disappointed when that was not the case. Um, and also that the parking lot that we parked in, there were a couple of old um, tanks that were there just for display. Oh, yeah. And that was the first tank I had ever seen, like actually seen. And it really, it was so weird and overwhelming to me that like, this is, this is where that happens. This is where artillery people learn how to shoot. And this is where, you know, how many guns are in a mile radius of me right now? It was such a weird, weird feeling. Um, and so we, we went and started to sit in the bleachers and then realized if we do that, <laughs> we're going to be sitting in the bleachers for hours. <laughs> um, so we did end up watching, uh, watching other soldiers show up to raise the flags because that's how early it was as we got there before 
the raising of the flags in the morning. We weren't the only ones. There was maybe 12 other people there. Who were all just as excited. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we, we did, we chatted a little bit. We walked around a little bit. I got the gratuitous photo with the tank in the background to show that I had really been on an army base and mostly just doing things to kill time. What what do you remember about that waiting period? Just that. It was just waiting. Well, then they finally, all of them kind of drove up and they were practicing marching around the, like a track. Do yeah, you all the that? white buses. All those white buses And then up. it took us forever to find him because when he left, well, <laughs> When he, since he joined, he, and then to that day, he had lost 70 pounds. Yep. If you can imagine. And it it was like half of him was gone and (laughs) and it took us forever to find him. And I don't, I think, I don't know how we found him, but we finally found him. I know how we found him. We, well, you probably remember that better. (laughs) Well, we found him the same exact way that when he, when he was in basic, um, the Fort Jackson website uh, on or of the Facebook page, they um, would post random pictures of just, you know, this week they're doing this activity and this week they're learning about this thing. And we even then were having difficulty uh, finding pictures if he was even in them. And he was in three or four of them. And right. the very first time that we actually ever found him, Susan was like, those are his hands. Those are my son's hands. He's got little pudgy hands. It's like his mommy. They're just adorable. They're these cute little pale. He's so white. These little pudgy fingers. And so when they were marching around the track, um, we just started looking for hands that might possibly. So we're just straining our eyes from 35 to 50 feet away trying to figure out, like, are those his hands? If you made a fist, is that what that would look like? And we finally found him. And, and of course, I he saw us, yeah. and he thought we were nuts. He couldn't figure out why we were there. Why we, we didn't sleep you, in. you yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, after they had practiced standing in formation and doing all the things that they needed to do, and, and other people started showing up, which... I still don't regret being there that early because the amount of people who were parked in that oh. parking lot. And, and we had a prime parking lot. <laughs> it was a good, like right in front. good call. Um, no regrets. So they all went back into the trees um, and disappeared. And yeah. then um, to, to me, it looked absolutely perfect. If you were to ask my husband, he has a lot of things to say about what went wrong during this particular <laughs> part of the ceremony. Um, but we were all introduced. We were all um, told, you know, thank you for being here. Thank you for being supportive families, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was just like, bring out the soldiers. Um, and then they lit off like these really cool multicolored smoke bombs and then all the soldiers started running through them. And it's one of It was the coolest thing it was so cool. I've ever seen in my life. It was so cool. And it was one of those moments where like the level of patriotism and like pride and whatever just like I was shaking and super teared up and I, I know Susan teared up with me and and we were both just so in that moment and so excited and everybody was just screaming and shouting and 
so excited. And then they made them stand there in formation again. So it's like they were <laughs> running towards us. And then they had to just stop and not do it again. And then we had to go through the ordeal of trying to find him again so that we could take pictures of him while he was in formation. And it took another another decent amount of time. Um, yes, but we, we had to learn to sing the, the army song, and which I did not know, and um, a couple of other songs and uh, listen to the, the army band and listen to a bunch of people say a bunch of things that nobody cared about because everybody just wanted to go find their soldier. Right. And, um, but it was a really, it was a really sweet thing. And it was really cool because it was, it really was the graduation for them. It was their official, you don't have to do this anymore thing, um, which was really great. Uh, but I just remember not quite all the way sitting in the chair because I just wanted them to say, Okay, go get them. And I wanted to hear the directions. Of how does that happen? How are we going to go? How are you going how to release them? How are going to find them? Well, like, I was here well, first, so I should get to go down on the field first. I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so they, they finally let us go, right, to find, to find them. But we had to file through like a small gate, didn't we? It felt like it. I wanted to jump over right. the gate. They did, and, and they weren't allowed to move. You had to go get them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They just had to stay in formation until you went and got them. Yeah, and being the nice one, mother-in-law that I am, I let Crystal go first. It truly shows what kind of a person she is. <laughs> well, that would be wrong, you know. <laughs> that would be just wrong. And I but will tell you. It always go first. Yeah, by the by the time by the time I I finally recognized him as we started to get closer, I the very first thing that I saw was just how tired he looked. He looked really really happy and really really tired. And really tired. my plan had been to just like tackle him. Um, to just do the jump hug, you know, scene from Armageddon and Top Gun and wherever right. else they do that. Um, <laughs> but I just couldn't bring myself to do it because he just, I thought I would kill him. <laughs> he was so tired. Um, so I, I did get just a fantastic, wonderful, emotional kiss, which was lovely and, and exactly what I wanted and needed after all that time. Um and then, and then finally, it had been enough, and and mommy had to had to push in, and hey, 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 it is my turn now. I went to let you go first, but I, I do get a turn. I do get some hugs. Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah. and then you get to spend the whole day with them. It's like family day. They don't come with you, but you get to spend the day with them. And it was, it was the most perfect day I think I've ever spent with them. <laughs> It, don't you think? Cause it was fun. He, he's not a, he, my son is not a very talkative kind of guy. He's very quiet and, and doesn't talk a lot. Very and nice. I don't think he shut up the <laughs> entire day. All he wanted was coffee. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He hadn't had any coffee and he wanted ice cream. He did. He wanted a milkshake, strawberry milkshake. Yeah. So we did our best and got him as much of both of those as you could get. Yes. <laughs> He was very, very happy to have coffee. Yeah. He, I can't imagine not being allowed to be caffeinated with as little sleep oh. as they got to have. Like, it was I don't know so how you do it. sad. Four months with no coffee. No can coffee. you I can't imagine. I can't even go a day. So, but it was, it was, it was the best day, one of the best days of my life. 
it was, it was, it was awesome. Day. And we got to we got to see their bunks and where they stayed and right. where they practiced drills. And that that was really cool. And it was, I thought it was nice because as a parent, you know, you know, your kids don't always want you around or you're there embarrassed by you or whatever. And he was so proud to have us there, Mm -hmm. especially because not only did he not want us to write letters, he did not want us to come to the graduation. And we decided, forget it. We're doing it anyway. We're going. Yep. And can you imagine if we had decided and listened to him, which shows you should never listen to him. Never. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) It was uh, it was very nice to have him excited and proud to see us. That was it was really awesome, and we we got to meet. I loved meeting the other guys and seeing right. where they were from and what they were doing, and um, and they were excited to meet us. I they they must be just every once in a while you should throw them through basic just so they're excited to see you. Yeah, so they <laughs> miss your family, like, and right. they they get that sense of. Oh, yeah, I need that. That's why I need this. That's right. Why I, I guess you guys are important after all. Community is a good, good thing, and family is a good thing. Um, and we we got, when we eventually had to go home or go back to the hotel, um, that was hard because I didn't, I didn't want to go, and I didn't want him to have to sleep in the bunk again. And, you know, it was just sad, but it also... Um, what he had told me was something along the lines of how cathartic it was going to be for him to know that this was the last night he had to do it. Right. And so it was, it was good for him. Um, but it still sucked. <laughs> and, uh, as we were uh, getting ready to leave, all the drill sergeants, um, made them all start doing push ups and, and doing exercises and stuff so that we would all leave while they were busy being soldiers again. And, uh, and so that was kind of cool to get to see them actually in it and doing, yeah. doing it. Um, but it also, I wanted that one last hug and that one last whatever, but I think they knew I would want one last hug every 30 seconds. So, <laughs> so maybe they've been through that before and they knew what they were doing by having us leave during that time. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Quite <laughs> possibly. Before. Like probably any drill sergeant would tell you they know what they're doing. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that big, that big hat gives you a complex. Um, so yeah, so we went, we went back and we, we stayed up pretty late talking about how different he looked and how different he sounded and all the, all the different. How happy he was. Yeah. Cause he was, he was not happy before he went in and it's like he finally found his place. Yep. That's exactly what it felt like. It was as a parent, you know, that once your child finds that passion, it's it's a wonderful thing for you as a parent, even though, you know, you're not going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of bittersweet, maybe. And kind of the sucky part of it. Yeah. And I, I had not, you know, we didn't have any kids, so I I still hadn't had the experience of imagining what it would be like to live so far away. Um, and I have, you know, an interesting, uh, relationship with family. And so it wasn't, it wasn't the same as the, the closeness you guys had growing up. And so thinking of moving possibly internationally or having him be deployed or anything like that, it was really hard for me to put myself in your shoes about that. 
But now you can do it because now you have a beautiful little girl. Yay. Yeah, she's pretty neat. I like her. She's stubborn like her daddy. <laughs> I do have one thing that I wanted to mention that um, to any parent out there, because this is the parent's perspective, whether your child's a male or a female, make sure that you you don't have to be best friends with your, your child's spouse, but you do need to be friendly because they are the ones that are going to be your connection to them. Um, I am eternally grateful that Raymond married Crystal because I think she's absolutely wonderful. Um, we get along really well, and she is the one that keeps me in the know what's going on with him. She's the one that sends <laughs> me pictures. She sends me stories. She sends all the things that I miss not being there. And if it wasn't for her, I know he would send me a text once in a while and think it's good. So it's really, really important to make that connection with your child's spouse, whether it's a male, female, it doesn't matter. Um, it 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 will make your life so much easier and 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 it's that's how you stay in touch with your kids. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. They, I mean, we we have such a cool relationship and I'm so grateful for it. Um I just it always makes me a little bit sad but also feel a little bit um special when I hear other people say, you know, oh, I had to do Christmas with my mother-in-law. <laughs> and, I have that person. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. And, and so I have, I, I get to say, oh, my mother-in-law is coming to visit. And <laughs> people think I'm being sarcastic and I'm not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I'm so glad that we have a good relationship and I'm so glad that we get to, to talk more often, um, especially if things were left up to, um, my soldier, who who would probably not keep you quite as informed as he as he could. That's he an barely yeah. keeps me informed, and he sees me most days. So <laughs> it's yeah, man, communication in the army. I tell you, um, yeah. So we have, and and then we um, were able to go pick him up, and we had gotten special permission since I was. Um, officially married to him and you are his mother uh, to actually drive him be the one to drive him up to um, AIT which is your your specialized training for the actual position in the army that you the job that you pick to work and that was in Virginia um, so we took the rental car and we were able to have that extra bit of time with him um, driving back up to Virginia. And that was kind of a weird experience in itself because that was the first day for in in four months that there wasn't a schedule that he had to keep to. And it was really weird for him. It was. <laughs> Plus, he just kind of kicked back in the car and just was like, uh. <laughs> very much zoned out. So tired. I so tired. And we we kept asking if he if he was hungry or if he was thirsty or if he wanted to take a nap. And his response kept being things like, "Well, is it time to eat?" Because <laughs> that you don't apparently get the choice of being hungry or not in basic training. You just get told when it's time to eat. And so he he had this sort of um, robotization that had happened that, that he had to kind of break out of just a little bit 
but he only got a couple days to do that before he had to start school over again. So he didn't, he didn't exactly know how to be, how to, how to act. And so he, he was funny and he made jokes and he still definitely told a lot of stories in the car. Um, but I think the majority of it was just kind of being in our presence and feeling like it was okay to fall asleep and it was okay to eat a lot of food. And <laughs> those were really top priorities. I've, I've learned a lot about um, priorities of soldiers when they come home from schools, when they come home from deployments is you know, the, the, the standard order of things is like, make sure your family's okay, take a shower and eat and then go to sleep. <laughs> And and I think, you know, if anybody has a rebuttal to that, let me know. I'm curious to hear what you think the order of operations is. But that's kind of what it seems like. So um, I, I definitely think that letting him get some sleep was a good thing, even though I kept wanting to poke him and wake him up and say, pay attention to me. And Susan did a lot of the driving up to Virginia because she wanted to, to give me time to sit in the back seat and stare at my soldier. <laughs> While he slept. While he slept. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful sleep. And I had to make up for you driving through that thunderstorm, too. I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. You're a giver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as a trip, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. It was a messed up trip. And if I had been on it with anybody who wasn't so capable of adjusting to things in the moment and being able to make things funny when they shouldn't have been funny, it would have been such a shitty trip. Oh, it would have, yeah, it would have been awful. If I had been traveling with my husband, it would have been awful. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you are just a magical person to travel with. But both Crystal and I, it's, you know, all we wanted to do was get there and we wanted some clean clothes and everything else will work out. And it did. Yes. Yes, it did. Because not one airplane flight that we were on was right. That is so true. Yeah, layovers were messed up. Everything was messed up, even on the way home. Even on the way home. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah. The the fates did not want us to have an easy trip. <laughs> it's okay. It was good. It was good. It was good. It worked out. And, and, yeah, I had, gosh, I had so much fun with you. It was so fun. We should have to, we should send him off to school again. And we should. <laughs> we should for several reasons, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, was there is there anything else that you wanna wanna talk about about the about the trip or any? I loved your advice to parents. I I think that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, anything else about you know how you're currently feeling as a parent about you know, where he is now? Do you still feel like he's happy? Yes, I do. I do think he's happy, and and that makes the distance away easier. It's not perfect, but it's easier, and and you kind of get used to them being gone. As, as sad as that sounds, um, if it would be nice if he called more, but you know that's okay. Um, like I said, Crystal keeps me in the loop. Um, I mean, for me now, the most difficult thing is not being able to see my grandchild. That's that's really hard to learn to be a long distance grandparent when there's all these things that you want to do and they're not there and you don't see them and you don't see the first steps and all that. That's where you need to be nice to your in-law, your daughter-in-law. <laughs> so she sends you videos and 
she said, Crystal sends me videos and pictures and look, look, here's her first tooth and here's her walking for the first time and here's her playing with her daddy and here's, and it, and it makes me feel like I'm there and it makes it a little bit easier because it is very hard being away. I'm glad. I'm glad you let, and I, I'm really, I'm so grateful for technology and social media for that aspect of military life being far away from your roots, being far away from family, being far away from friends that you had, um, having those different ways of Skyping and having Facebook Messenger and having just the ability to make a phone call, but also to, to send videos and stuff like that is so fantastic. And that's something I actually want to do um, another podcast about in the future is different ways to utilize social media and get the most out of it when distance is such a huge part of the military. Oh, yeah. And especially when you're talking about children, because I'm, I mean, I can see my son and he looks the same. He doesn't, <laughs> you know, he, he, he doesn't look any different. But, you know, two months without seeing a child. I mean, we've seen her three or four times since she was born and she, she's almost two. And it, the distance, I mean, every six months, it's like a whole different baby. And all the things have changed. And, and uh, you know, she talks now. She does? When did she start doing that? I mean, so this, the the videos and the Skyping and all that kind of thing, um, she knows my face. She shouldn't yeah. know my face. I have not seen her enough for her to recognize my face. Takes her a few minutes. But but that kind of thing. And then, the, of course, the willingness of Crystal to spend the time doing that when she's busy um, is is amazing for me. It, it makes the whole thing better. See, this is why I love this woman. Just, just who compliments their daughter-in-law? I, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You humble me. <laughs> well it's true it's true because we all know my son would not do this for me sadly yeah and I'm not even sure he would do it for me um <laughs> I uh, well, no, he would. I don't think he would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I, I want to thank you so much again for being so honest and and willing to share and and go back and experience those first few months um, with me because I know, you know, one of the, one of the great things about, about Ray is that he's your baby and he's, he's the youngest child and boy, does he have second child syndrome. Um, <laughs> but he, he always was just, just that, that little baby, even though he was an adult, he was, he was very inexperienced and, uh, to watch him turn into a soldier and, and legitimately, not just wear the uniform, but he he says things that make me feel like his being a soldier is what he was created for, and it's why he's here. He's part of his path was always going to be being in service at some point, and right. he's very good at it. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of him and I'm really proud of us for how much we grew together the way that we did. Um, I think it's that hard life. It's harder than people think. It is. It's weird. It's a weird. And, you know, as much as I don't want to give myself any additional credit for something that I don't really feel like I deserve, I, I will say that it's harder than I thought it was going to be. And I moved around a lot as a kid and it's not just the moving that's hard. It's the, 
that even though we're family, we come second to the army. And even though we, you know, want him to come home at a certain time every day, the, the army may feel differently. And that that is a hard thing to not really ever have a schedule, to not really ever have confirmation of any plans ever. It's it's and no control. Yes. Yes, and we all know how much I like that. So <laughs> we both do. <laughs> yes, that that part is definitely difficult. But thank thank you, thank you for being on here. Thank you for being my first guest. I am so very grateful to have you be my second mommy, and you are you are a fabulous human. And I know um, that your personality has shown through in this conversation. And so hopefully the rest of, of our audience, whoever is listening to this podcast right now will know uh, just how awesome of a human you are. Oh, well, thank you. See, this is why I love her. <laughs> Talks me all the good things. Yay, compliments. <laughs> and sends me pictures. <laughs> um, well, good. I will let you get back to your awesome, exciting life there in Oregon. And, uh, thank you so much for, for talking to me, for talking to us, and and I hope you have a wonderful day. I'm going to. You have one, too. Thank you. You know, my mother-in-law told me how nervous she was to be taped for a podcast, but I insisted that she do it because I really felt in my heart that her words and her perspective, especially of that time in our lives, would be something that didn't only help me, but would help shape the feel of this first podcast, and I'm so happy to say that I was completely right. She provided such incredible insights on what it was like for our family going from a regular civilian family with a history of military to being thrust into army family status. I really want to thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you for supporting me in this endeavor in my very first podcast Please, please stay tuned for more episodes in the near future. I'm going to try to take on a plethora of issues and topics, and I really would love to hear from you what questions you have, what suggestions you might have, stories you have regarding military life, both from the soldier and family perspective, things you'd like to hear discussed in upcoming episodes. And if I do get enough questions and inquiries from people in a timely manner, I might be able to do a shorter Q&A form podcast so that I can get the ball rolling on, on us really working together in this podcast. Uh, if you have any of those questions, or again, if you would like to advertise with me, please feel free to use that email as much as you want. Embrace the suck podcast at gmail.com. You can also like my page on Facebook at Facebook com slash embrace the suck podcast. Uh, my thanks again, absolutely and always to podbean.com for providing free online storage and a jumping off point for this podcast to even exist. Visit my site on Podbean and subscribe at embrace the suck.podbean.com. That's pod p o d bean b e a n.com. Blessings to you. Take care of yourselves and remember to embrace the suck. Mm -hmm.